Welcome to the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, intended to equip and encourage business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs. Taught by active business owner, best-selling author, and teacher, Sean Castrina. So glad you're listening to the podcast. Let's buckle up. Can your business take a punch? <laughs> you know, hey, with this coronavirus, I, I own companies, and, and you really, this is when you find out if your company is built to last. And, and there are some companies that I, I think just because of the nature of this epidemic that we have. I mean, if you're in the cruise industry, airline industry, things like that, I, I don't even know if you could build a company that's able to withstand what's getting ready to take place. But nevertheless, for the 99.9% .9 of the other businesses, I want to ask you a question. Can your business take a punch? I love what Mike Tyson said. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's true. And so you, you think you have a durable company and then you go through you know, the collapse of 2008 and you're gonna find out if your business can take a punch or you go through obviously this coronavirus. I, again, you know, I was doing a study of Jack Welch because I did a lesson on him a few weeks ago and I, so I'm kind of caught up in some of his about eight quotes that he gave. And one that he gave that is so true, he says, change before you have to. Change before you have to. You know, I am old enough to understand this when it comes to business is that, you know, your goal as a business is to create like a battleship. You want a vessel that is so formidable that unless you hit an island or an iceberg, you're pretty well set. But as a startup, you're more like a speedboat, okay? You know, or or a kayak. It could, you know, it could flip easily, but it's but it needs to be extremely nimble and adjust quickly. So what I want you to do is kind of ask yourself: if if you're a, a new startup, you need to be very nimble. What you're trying to grow into is you want to become a battleship. I mean that that's the perfect when you you know that that's what you're trying to develop. So okay, how do you? Build a business that can take a punch. Well, there's really two commandments to that, I believe. At the core, is it a durable business idea? So it's not a trend. Trends typically will die when, get, when they get hit. Typically, trends are not something that people will commit to buying. Well, they're cute when there's a financial overflow, but it's not a core, you know, it's not a commodity that they must have. So I, I, I always ask myself when I'm starting a business, do I see people buying this 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I've had three companies that have reached their 20 year anniversary and they're, you know, so that fits my core idea. Is it, does it start out as a durable business idea, not a brand, you know, not a trend, I'm sorry. So it's a durable business idea, not a trend. Secondly, it's financial priorities. It has to have these at its, at its core of its financial priorities. It needs to aggressively feed reserves. So I, you want to have, these are my two commandments, okay? At the core, is it a durable business? But it has financial priorities, and the financial pr priorities are this. It aggressively feeds reserves. We're always putting money in reserves. As I told you, I never felt like I was a business owner until I started putting money in reserves. Until then, I was an employee of my company. 
but only when we were able to put money in reserves did I really feel like I was a, a true business owner. And secondly, am I putting money aggressively into growth initiatives, innovation, new areas of profit? But you know, if you my two commandments are very simple. If I want to build a business that can take a punch, at its core, it's got a durable business idea. Second, it, it has some financial pillars that are non-negotiable. And there I aggressively feed my cash reserves, my reserves. And number two is I'm always looking for growth initiatives. More growth, more profit, more money in reserves. More growth, if one division is, is stuttering or gets hit by an economic letdown, I've got others that are doing okay. So you kind of see why these work, you know, hand in hand. All right. And and to build a, a business that can take a punch, the business model needs to have a strong foundation. So your very business model, how you operate, how you do business, it, it needs to have these four components, I believe. Number one, it needs repeat customers. Hey, listen, unless you're selling islands, or airplanes, you typically are gonna need repeat customers. There's very few things you can sell once. So I want a business that, I, number one is I want a, a big stream of customers and I want, I'm always looking at the lifetime value of a customer. I wanna know they're gonna buy from me again. They probably come into contact with a lot of other people that are gonna be a target customer so they're going to talk about our, so we're going to create this repeat customer. They're going to tell others they're going to become repeat customers. And the lifetime value of my customers is going to be great. So again, I don't want to sell anything that I'm just selling once. I want to constantly see that this customer can buy from me again. All right. I want to have a product or service that fills a need or solves a problem. You know what? It does, you know, you look at the coronavirus, people are going crazy over toilet paper, which to me is like the one thing that I was kind of really like wondering, is toilet paper that necessary? Am I the only person, seriously, not to be funny about this, but I'm going to be like, isn't toilet paper, isn't there about 50 other things you could use for toilet paper? Am I the only person who's gone camping, has figured out how to handle it back there if necessary? I mean, seriously, I, I it cracks me up that this is the one thing people are like fighting over. I'm like, if I had to, I could drop my hind end in a little bathtub and use a towel, right? Am I the only person who's thinking about this? All right. So it just cracks me up. I'm sorry. I just saw a fight in Australia between three uh, people fighting over toilet paper. And to me, it would be like the last thing I'd fight over. All right. But you want to have products and services. And I, that's why it's got me on that it fills a need with toilet paper. But you want to have product and services that fills a need or solves a problem. Well, because if you're solving a problem, it, it typically problems repeat. Other people have these same problems. If you have a service that fills a need, example, you know, it, it tires, you need tires changed. Well, the, it doesn't matter through a virus, people are still gonna need that. Car breaks down, cars still have to get fixed. If things break on your house, they still need to get fixed. They may be delayed a little bit, but there's gonna be some things that have to be fixed immediately. Something small. It doesn't matter if your sink stops working, you're going to get it fixed immediately. Why? You need a sink. Okay, see, I like products and services that fill a need or solve a problem. All right? Okay, that kind of fits into the business model that I believe has a strong foundation. Number three is I like businesses, if at all possible, that have an automatic revenue. 
and they, you can do this through memberships, auto pay, subscriptions, etc. But anytime you can build in automatic revenue, you know, one of our businesses, we get a monthly retainer from clients. That's automatic revenue. So you, you, want to, you want to try to build that into your business model. That's what made Harry's Razors so, you know, formidable. Schick is selling razors and, you know, and, and Gillette are selling razors. And Harry's, you know, gets, a, you know, $1 billion valuation because they created a membership. Okay. Automatic revenue. All right. Next, you staff with great capacity. That's the fourth business model. Why? So what are you talking about, Trump? Well, I want all my staff to be able to do two jobs. I've said that before. I'll pay you for one and a half when you can do two. When you can do two jobs for me, I'll pay you for one and a half. Well, why do I want a staff with great capacity? Well, it allows them to do multiple jobs. So in a financial crisis, the strong survive, the weak get laid off. Sean, that's awful. It's just reality. So in a pinch... Let's say my company has, you know, 50 employees. Can I run it with 35 if I had to? I, I go through an exercise every year. If I had to start this business over again and I had to cut it in half, who would I keep? Who would I keep? It's an exercise I do every year between Christmas and New Year. I go through this in my businesses. If I had to start all over again, who's the must? Okay. That's staffing with great capacity. Why? Because it allows them to do multiple jobs. It will allow you to conserve money in an economic downturn. Why? Well, that person, the ability could do two or three jobs in the office. Maybe the phone calls for a certain period of time will go into voicemail during the day when this person's maybe doing some accounting responsibilities or doing, but, but you, could, you could create your staff, you can move it around in such a way that they'd have greater capacity. Maybe the person that's running these two divisions in an economic downturn could run three divisions. That's the type of staff I want. I want a staff with, with tremendous capacity. Man, somebody can do one job and that's all they can do. Well, that, that, you know, that's okay if they're a mercenary. That's a pretty good skill to have if that's what you do for a living. I've never had a need for one of those. But, but in most cases, in most jobs, it's helpful to have somebody who can do multiple things. I mean, that's the, the Patriots mindset in football. They get multiple, you, you know, they, they are very creative with their, with their personnel. All right, so how do you build a business model that's based on a strong foundation? Let me go over the four things again that I like. I like a business model that has repeat customers. Again, if, unless I'm selling islands or, or you know, high-end planes, in most cases, I, I'm looking for repeat customers. I'm looking for a product or service that fills a need or solves a problem. Well, if it fills a desire or a want, they can, people can delay that. So I want something that fills a need, solves a problem. I'm more likely to have them buy from me even in an economic downturn. I'm looking for businesses, if at all possible, where I can create an automatic revenue stream, memberships, auto pay, subscriptions, retainers, etc. Next, I want a staff with great capacity. Well, it allows them to do multiple jobs if needed, if we need to consolidate our, our, our labor force. Okay? So again, what we talked about today was, can your business take a punch? And this is in lieu of obviously the coronavirus and, and companies are going to face tremendous economic challenges and, and some will survive, some won't. Again, if you build your business to take a punch, so it has a, it starts with a 
durable business idea, not a trend, you're far more likely to to have a, a company that can last. If you have set financial priorities where you have aggressively fed your cash reserves as well as growth initiatives, you probably have a much stronger company. If your business model is based on repeat customers, if you're fulfilling a product or service that fills a need and or solves a problem, not a trendy one, you're probably gonna do better. If you have automatic revenue, probably gonna do better. Example, if people don't have to go to store to buy a razor over the next month, but they get one shipped directly to their house and it's set up on auto pay, uh, that's a better business model. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me at the end of this if you're gonna have companies that offer to sell you survivable goods every month that you don't have to go to store to buy or in lieu of something. Example, something happens and you get a 30-day supply of toilet paper, certain medicines, frozen food, something like that. I, a company is going to come up with that because I, I immediately thought about it. It'd be the first business I would start coming out of this. You know, a 30-day survival kit for a family of two, four, six, eight. Admit that was a great idea. Send that to askshawn at seancastrina.com. Interact with me on that because you know that's a great idea. All right? It would create an automatic revenue stream. And then, of course, staff people with great capacity. Always want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Like it, rate it, subscribe to it. Most importantly, please tell 10 friends about it because you know if you're listening to this podcast, you know you're learning something. You know you're learning something that will help you start and or grow your business, okay? I don't have a lot of guests on here because honestly, I listen to a lot of people and they're boring me to death or I feel like their their content is outdated. It's something that you know they wrote about 10 years ago and they haven't added anything to it. So I'm picky about who I put on here. I've taped some interviews and I don't air them because I think they're just no value to my to my audience. So I'm hoping that I am giving you entertainment and value. Follow me on Instagram. Send me questions at askshawn at seancastrina.com. And listen, I want to, again, remind you, I hope we speak again tomorrow.